Hello, everyone. This is the Easy Allies Podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bosman, and joining us this week, Michael Huber. I love how you say this is. I always love that. Daniel Bloodworth. <laughs> Hello. And Brandon Jones. Confirmation. <laughs> Confirmation. Huber, I say it a different way almost every week. This is. This I've heard that before, is. though. I okay. like that. All right. I will, I will try to is, to yeah, you do that one too. You're not yeah. listening to a different podcast. This is the Easy Allies <laughs> podcast. You nailed it. Got on the right shit. You tried to find us and you did. You made it here. <laughs> Michael Huber, what is your goal this week? Uh, my goal is to celebrate October. How beautiful it was for all the video games. Oh. For all video games. All the video games. Sure. It was, it's a celebration. Okay. We're celebrating today. Yeah. We just got a handful of great video games yeah uh i mean i don't want to interrupt your goal or anything like that but it is crazy to think we made it through october and nothing was disappointing nothing no disappointments yeah everything really just worked out in october in, yeah. in the world of video games anyway yep daniel bloodworth what is your goal this week uh, when somebody uh, brings up lego if somebody <laughs> brings up lego yeah i just have to respond lego my ego Okay. Sure. I mean, I'm sure right now Jones and I are trying to think of ways to bring up Lego at this moment. Uh, Brandon Jones, your goal this week. I got to watch the ums. My ums are getting out of control. Also, a legit not a non-bit. I do not think I'm going to get through the podcast without ums, but I will be writing them down every time. Oh, okay. let's not go nice. that far, man. This is good. Self-improvement. Sure. I'm going that far. Mine's a self-improvement one, too. I'm going to try not to mention my favorite brand, Sugar Ray. Uh, I think it's just really interrupting podcasts. I just do it too much. Dude, too I am not even... This is not a bit. This is no, You are not in a bit like right mine. now. Yeah, like me. I had a dentist uh-huh. that... This dentist I only went to for like two years. It was yeah. a transitional dentist. <laughs> Sugar Ray was his... Like, Sugar Ray used to go to this dentist. And the dentist had like nine Sugar Ray signed posters all over the office. So, I'm... Huber, you know I'm a huge Sugar Ray fan. I want to make sure that you mean the entire band and not just Mark McGrath. The entire band. was Went to this Sh- one dentist. Oh, just Mark McGrath. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. A Sugar Ray would seem like the enemy yeah. of the dentist. So now we're going to start corrections. <laughs> corrections music, please. This is my favorite kind of correction. You know, last week I complained about some cranky corrections. Here's a really... I love this one. Just wanted to throw out some info about Ghosts of Tsushima. The trailer referenced the year 2000, or sorry, uh, 1274, which is when the Mongols first invade Japan, and the island of Tsushima mm. was the first landing spot for the invading army. Mm. And then, after this comment, in the comment section, there is a long historical conversation that is actually incredibly interesting. I loved it. Yeah. I just loved reading through this in our little YouTube comments. Positivity, uh, uh, education, yes, and uh, engaging conversation. It PowerPoint cool. presentation on this. Yeah, uh, th- it's cool. Mongol is a really, really good movie if uh, people out there haven't seen it and they are interested in uh, Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Mongol, really good. It's recent, right? Uh, it's p- kind of old. It was supposed oh. there was supposed to be more of them. There's only one, but now I keep hearing rumors that they're finally going to make a sequel. It's been a long time, but. Check it out. I learned that the Mongols never made it to mainland Japan because they they got swamped by a typhoon on their way in. Divine winds. Jeez. Which were called kamikaze, Whoa. which is why they call which was then later adapted onto kamikaze uh, pilots. 
crazy. Because of those divine winds. I need to read this. Yeah, it's a cool thread. <laughs> yeah. Cool thread. Uh, <laughs> Reggie Fizeme officially admitted that the GameCube controllers working on Switch was an unintentional side effect of the update allowing third-party controllers to work. So that's a correction. However, I want to stand by what I said. I'm going to put my, my mouth where my money is. Uh, if there is no Smash Brothers announced for Switch within the first six months of 2018, I will then go on to, for a full year, wear a new hat on this podcast for teams, professional teams that I don't even like. For a year? Yes, a new one each each episode. Whoa. That's a lot of hats, That's a dude. lot of hats. <laughs> I'm Huber, I'm so sure. I'm so sure. And so what? You can send me a hat for a team I don't even like. I'm gonna wear it. And in fact, I can't if it's a Giants hat, I can't wear it. This is a crazy. It's a Yankees hat? I can't wear it because I actually like hat. that team. Yeah. It's not a bad Are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? Yes! Okay. They're going to announce a Smash Brothers game in the first wow. six months. Alright. You better hope. You look at me like I'm crazy right now. You're crazy. Alright. You better hope. So yeah, Goodness. while the GameCube was like, like it was incidental that that worked, I'm like I'm still so sure they're gonna talk about it. So oh Kinda. because because the controller works, you think it's all part of the Smash no, Brothers plan? No, no, I actually believe Reggie when he said, "Oh, we didn't mean for that to happen." Actually, yeah. that's interesting. I, I totally believe him on that. Uh, uh, dimension waves are not the only new feature in Guacamelee 2. Uh, there's a new ability called Eagle Boost, which is a hooking mechanic which allows Juan to attach and fly through boost points in the environment. And new combat and movement abilities for chicken form were shown as well. All right. Why did why did we wow. play through Guacamelee One? What, what? what a random pick. No, it's not random. Remember we did that? It was so fun. How fun is four player co op? So fun. How fun is four player co op through a Metroidvania game? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It allows it. It allows room for four people. Like it's kind of a beat 'em up at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Megalith is not. The first project by Disruptive Games. The studio previously worked on the multiplayer components of Lost Planet 3, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Normally I would trash a, a, a correction <laughs> like that, because yeah, this is their first game. You're right, they worked on those those multiplayer components, but Megalith is their first game. However, uh, it's interesting that those are the multiplayer games that they worked on. Um, Woof, that's a negative resume, right? Hey, we worked on the multiplayer in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. It's like, sure. There's a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe leave that one off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's the kind of thing where I think you look at it and you know that that team worked with Activision. They worked on a big game. None of, No part of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 is anybody's fault. Well, I don't know. That's a whole thing. Uh, a lot of comments. A lot of people were upset that I spoiled that part of Inside Out. I need to apologize to you that Brandon Jones did not bleep it. He made this decision there that he didn't care. So uh, I'm sorry that Brandon did that to you. Uh, and also many, many comments just saying, why did they talk about Mario Odyssey? What? Let's talk about it right now. Let's <laughs> do <laughs> it right now. Heber, I'd love to. Mario uh, Odyssey. But uh, we can end credits music there, actually. Uh, I don't make it clear, actually. I think we talked about it the very first podcast. I didn't make it clear what this podcast is. I don't frequently do that. It's just called the Easy Eyes Podcast. I could see how you would think we would talk about what's happening in, their, in our lives every week. 
It's not that. We just talk about the news every week. We mm-hmm. have we have podcasts that are discussing games and our, our experiences with those games and uh, our, our just critiques of those games, uh, the nitty-gritty. That's in a podcast called Frame Trap, which, again, uh, that title doesn't make a lot of sense. You can't see that title and think, oh, this must be the one where they talk about about video games. They talk about fighting games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, I realize that's confusing, and I forget that's confusing. Uh, But, yeah, that's the reason why we didn't talk about Mario Odyssey last week is that there was no news about it. I do have news about it this week, fortunately. Mm -hmm. That that it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, And you better live it up with that hat. Live it up with that hat. What do you mean Because it's probably never coming back. Oh, yes. You know? I agree oh, with you. Sure. You think of the flood system and yeah. sunshine? Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. li- you throw that hat at everything. Just mm-hmm. live it up. Yep. Cappy. We got to call Cappy by Cappy. Cappy's name. Throw Cappy around. <laughs> throw Cappy around. Feels Enjoy good to throw. Cappy while we got Cappy. <laughs> mm. You know my favorite way to start a podcast? Game announcement? Yeah, we don't have no. that this week. We got bad news. And that's kind of the theme of, of the, the oh, core of this podcast. Whoa. I got a lot of like bad headlines that are sort of... They all kind of line up with each other. Yeah. Huber, the way you nod kind of uh, insinuates to me you know where I know we're going. I know one of them, yeah. I know one Let's start with the one you know. What are we talking about? Telltale Games. Sure, that's the yeah. most recent. Yeah. Earlier today was announced that 90 people would be fired from Telltale who are working on future games. However, any of the games they've already announced are not being canceled. It's just they're, they're lowering their staff. Uh, you know what? I should read the words directly from Pete Hawley, their CEO. Our industry has shifted in tremendous ways over the past few years. The realities of the environment we face moving forward demand we evolve as well, reorienting our organization with a focus on delivering fewer, better games with a smaller team. Mm. That was their announcement. Uh, Panel, does Telltale need to make fewer games that are higher quality? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. I, I, yeah. think, I think there's a level of formula to their games that works. But at the same time, when they have multiple strings of those going on, multiple threads happening at the same time, I think a lot of people probably just pick pick one of those threads. I think there's a lot of people that don't, you know, like they'll play The Walking Dead, but they might give Wolf Among Us a pass. Or they'll play Batman, or they'll give uh, you know Borderlands a pass, or what you know. So it's there's just been so many of them, and and, and then yeah, like Game of Thrones, not that great. I liked Game I'm, of Thrones. I'm sure they got a I'm sure they got a, a payout for that, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that like if they can focus in on because again, like it's all about story. It's all hinges on the strength of that story, and if there's story if their writers are stretched too thin or if they're like you know they don't have the people like overseeing you know whatever outside writers they hire to like mm-hmm. really make sure it works in their format very well then then yeah people aren't going to be talking about it and those those games that episodic structure needs that word of mouth it needs that buzz to like come back every episode so people stay tuned in yeah uh jones there's a part that i kind of don't buy of this description that video games have changed a lot over the course of the past few years uh i don't think that was the problem is what i mean to say i think that uh what i think about telltale is i think there are good games i really like borderlands uh that's the one that i like the most that they've put out uh even that ran poorly. 
And I think what happened was, is they got that game of the year. They got that game of the year straight out the gate mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Walking Dead. It wasn't Walking straight out Dead. the gate. They had a whole bunch of stuff before that. Right, because yeah. it was Jurassic Park before that. Yeah, Back, to the, Back to the Future. They had... Uh, Sam and Max? Maybe, maybe it was Sam and Max. I'm trying to remember. What, Homestar Runner, I think, was theirs too, right? Like one of the earlier ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was just uh, Strong Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think they got like that. Telltale 2.0 started yeah. mm-hmm. with Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. They yeah. got that goatee yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like, we're good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. And then so Jones, I don't I don't know if the game industry has really changed that much. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, what you were doing now doesn't you need to evolve. Do you know what I mean? I, I was definitely wondering when we got this influx, you know, of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. on top of Minecraft story mode and, mm-hmm. you know, them th- then announcing all of these sequels to Wolf Among Us and other things that they have done. And Walking Dead not only, you know, continuing with multiple seasons, but them doing the Michonne thing on the side. And, and I was just, yeah, I, I wonder what trends they were paying attention to when they made those decisions with really branching out to tons and tons of different varied. Um, uh, and I love the stuff that we're getting from Batman, but it just seemed so many projects for a company of that size. And so I was yeah, wondering, like, was this kind of a desperation play to try to maximize, you know, the resources that they had? Or were these projects just way too exciting to pass up? The, the, the idea of partnering with somebody like Marvel and, and DC for Batman and, mm-hmm. and just kind of having so many pots, you know, on the, on the stove at once. It's, it's kind of like uh, Activision and the hero games. You got Guitar Hero, you're making money ridiculously. And you're like, oh, we just need to multiply this. We'll make much more money. And uh, it doesn't work like that always. Uh, You get a bunch of hero, you get banned hero. And it's just like, this has nothing. This is no value. Uh, People (laughs) will struggle to remember this on a podcast years from now. Uh, And so I think that's what happened. And so while it's awful, it's it's bad that this company of 400 people had to fire 90. That's, That's truly bad. That's truly sad. I think it's a, it's probably a good move. And when they say we need to evolve, I think what that means is make the game engine more quality. Blood, I agree with you that the story is what it hinge, hinges on, yeah. but it also needs to run well. Oh, yeah. For, oh. For sure. huh. Don't even get me started. And, ah. it, and it's one of those things where I feel like when I played them on the PC, I don't have those issues. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're just like, you know, just running with whatever, you know powers available or what but it's like it seems like when they try to squeeze it in onto other platforms even a ps4 like it just runs into all these issues you have mm-hmm. things crash a lot so many file issues safe file issues are for, unacceptable for, in those kind of games for walking dead for batman it's just because you don't so want to replay that you don't want to play one of those episodes no. until you've gone yeah. to the arc the yeah. whole thing yeah because you want to see that story play out based on the way your decisions are. Yeah. Uh, Huber, do you think, though, that they have to evolve? It, it, I, I want to call it a telltale genre. I almost think that there's a very specific type of adventure game that they make. Yeah. Do you think that genre will have to be evolved, or do you think there's legs still left in what they are currently reproducing right now? I still think there's legs in what they're doing. Uh, I think they need to change the engine first and foremost, to mm-hmm. change how these games look and run yeah. first. Uh, but I still think they're like, what they're doing is, is great because like you're talking about story, you know, these stories stay with me. I keep thinking about Batman all the time. Like I think about walking dead, the biggest disappointment other than all the technical issues was actually walking dead season three because it just felt like you were running in place. It felt like they weren't too sure of where they wanted to go. It was kind of like this 
middle point of, well, are we going to really carry this on for a lot more seasons? Like, where are we going to go with this? Mm-hmm. Thankfully, they're only doing one more season now. Yeah. Like, that was season three, now season four, Walking Dead will be over. Mm-hmm. So I think Walking Dead season four is going to be a big turning point for for Telltale. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I didn't intend to start with this one, but we're, we're going to talk more about... Studios having to redesign the types of games they make toward monetization, uh, uh, dying genres, things like this. And so, you know, you said this has legs still. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you foresee Telltale still putting out story-oriented, episodic games five years from now, panel? Can they monetize these the way that other studios are monetizing their games? Are they, are they losing money in, in putting out strictly, uh, I don't want to say linear because there are many options, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I don't know. Like they got to do something. Maybe close, maybe they say. have to do something different because like I think of The Walking Dead season three, and nothing stands out. And I think that was the biggest problem. You know the yeah. the the things that would happen in Wolf Among Us and Walking Dead season one and two and Tales from the Borderlands. Like these things used to be shocking. Like oh that character's gonna remember that mm-hmm. or like oh I did something and now that's gonna affect this. That novelty has kind of worn off. Yeah. And now it's just kind of samey. So maybe they do need to spice it up and add some, you know, because you do kind of walk around in some of them, you know, Walking Dead, you'll walk around a little environment and like pick something up or go over here and have a little side conversation, maybe expanding that somehow. Well, I, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think the path forward is, is to be able to branch out and not have every series feel like this, a different story in the same format. And I think one of the things that they've been playing with that I don't think has been particularly, like, the most successful is, like, the streamer choice options and stuff. Mm. You know, like, going in in ways like that to where, like, yeah, you you can have more participation between you and the audience. And, like what we try with Batman. Yeah. But what do- doesn't work streaming, actually. Yeah, like, have, yeah. You, have you experimented with that more? I'm trying to remember how that actually works. It works if you're in the living room. If you, yeah. If it, you have a bunch of friends together in the living room, it works. Okay. Correct. Yeah. But Which is right. Yeah, that's true, Blood. That's kind of a new thing. That's kind of interesting. That's cool. It's finding something new. But for streaming, the timer you have to answer questions is so short. Right. Yeah. There's no way people Got have it. enough time to chime in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jones, how do you feel? Do you feel, uh, do you feel uh, Telltale can keep doing story-oriented games in, in a world in which uh, everyone's telling us that we need microtransactions and games as a service? Totally. I think the company is so specific going there and visiting with them and seeing how they operate. It seems like they know what they're doing and I would be excited for them to get better at this thing that they're so good at and making these games that are so different from stuff that other people produce. I would be surprised if a company like that that has this kind of well-oiled machine, this kind of factory setup to just pump as many of these out as possible if they choose to focus more on isolated projects and not necessarily like cover everything possible. Yeah. Uh, I think a really... uh, inspiring thing for uh, them to do moving forward that's two of them it's two us would be to write their own story word inspiring i wanted you to remove an uh because you used a good word like inspiring sorry repeat that write their own story oh yes yeah stop with the licensing of everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't do licensing that doesn't mean it's not exciting that we want to see obviously they got wolf among us and more walking dead and more of this this stuff coming but Think up your own narrative. Really, if you want to shake things up and you really want to take the format that you've established and do some really new, exciting, weird things with it, 
uh, add some new features that haven't been you know used in previous games. It'd be really exciting to have a brand new story, brand new characters. So I really have no idea what I'm doing going into this, and yeah. no idea who I should trust or what decisions I should make. Because even playing something like Batman or Game of Thrones. I think those are like the two main things that, that turned me off from Game of Thrones was one, super jarring seeing these actors as cartoons. Yes. And two, that realizing that this is going to have absolutely no effect on the show, no effect really on that this family was created just to have all these bad things happen to them. Mm-hmm. But it's not really going to come back in any meaningful way that you'll see resonate on the show. That's fair. Jones, I think I'm going to go out and say Guardians of the Galaxy has been a misstep for them. I think they probably invested a lot of money in that partnership. I think they probably invested a lot of time in that partnership, and I think they're not seeing a return on it, and I almost think that's like one of the main factors of saying, hey, we should look at what we're doing right now. And so I think that was it. I think they were so excited to have a Marvel partnership, and uh, they just didn't have anything interesting to do with Guardians. I totally hear that. Uh, let me Before we move on, pitch a real dumb idea to the panel. So I'm trying to think of a model. I'm trying to think of a model for Telltale. What Wait, I know, if, I know what game they're going to do next. What are they going to do next? My hunch. What? Stranger Things. It's coming. Telltale. So, Hubert. Drafted. You're kind of like, you're <laughs> on the same page with me with a model. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of like Netflix original series. I'm thinking of like Hulu. And I'm thinking about like you pay for, I pay for Hulu monthly. I wonder if Telltale could say, pay us monthly. We'll give you whatever we're putting out that month. So we're having these seasons. And so you're a Telltale fan. And so you love Telltale games. You love yeah. the, the games they have. Like you love what Hulu puts up or you love what Netflix puts up. I wonder if they could be their own network. Hmm. That is it doesn't seem crazy. To, doesn't seem to fly with the idea of them doing fewer games though. Right, not at all. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You're on to something there though. That's pretty interesting. I, yeah. I think too, um, one of the criticisms that people have fairly or unfairly levied at them is that they don't feel like making choices in Telltale games really makes that big of a difference in the end. Sure. And and I think, you know, like what we saw with the latest trailer for Detroit, you know, and like all of the different splintering outcomes in the flowchart of, of that game. I think that's something where they you could invest some more time uh, to explore and to have, uh, yeah, narrative paths that are, are, are widely different and do get people to talk about each other's decisions and replay the game, you know, because I, I've never really been compelled to replay the game. Oh, never. It's like, yeah, I was like, oh, I made my decisions. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you make me live with them. Yeah. That's why they do it. I mean, choices are expensive. It's expensive to make several different games for several different mm-hmm. people who did several different things. But it's such a cool concept. That's what yeah. I love, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Walking Dead, I'm going through this, and I've got my save, you know? It's just, it's so cool. It's so unique. But, yeah, it definitely hit its... End point, mm-hmm. I should say. You know, they gotta shake it up. Yes. Uh, Telltale Games will continue. Uh, there are three games they've promised. Let's see if I can do them. Last season of Walking Dead. Yes. Wolf Among Us. Yes. And one other game was coming up. They announced it at that press event that they had by themselves. I cannot remember what it is. Ugh. Oh, well. New season. It's not something new. It is. It's a new season of something. Was it Batman or no? It was Batman. It was Batman. Yeah. You're right. Okay. It, it, that's the one that's actually happening it's, right yeah. now. Yep. There's been two episodes. Thanks, Blood. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was Batman. Okay. More bad news. Telltale gets to continue is the thing. Here's some games that will not continue. Some studios that will not continue. Perfect World uh, is a publisher. Uh, that's also the name of the MMO, right? It's called Perfect World. 
No, that's called Otherworld. I'm stupid. Uh, anyway, uh, Perfect Worlds is a publisher. Shut down two studios it owns. Runic Games, mm. uh, who does Hob, uh, who just put out a Hob, just uh, put a Hob and Torchlight 1 Torchlight, and 2. Yeah. And uh, Motiga, uh, hmm. who made Gigantic. Um, that studio has been shut down, but Gigantic, the game might, will continue. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think similarly with Runic. Like, they're going to have some kind of behind-the-scenes you know, keeping the things running for the game. Sorry? I think with Runic, it's kind of the same thing where, like, behind the scenes, there's, there's going to be... The games aren't going to stop functioning. Mm. Well, I mean, the, the implication was... I mean, those games aren't online. You know what I mean? It was, mm. The implication was Runic's gone. The, you know, Runic's shut down, whereas Motiga, they'll keep some people alive to keep... Because Gigantic's kind of MOBA-esque. It's kind of, you know, a like hero shooter. Uh, let me give you a, uh, something from their press release. Uh, the staff reduction at Motiga... And the closure of Runic Games Seattle were unrelated. Perfect World Entertainment stands committed to delivering the best massively multiplayer online gameplay experiences to our players. I think that's where I got it mixed up mm. uh, with uh, Another World. Is it called Another World? What's the one? Shadow World. Secret World. Secret World. Thank you. Good lord, Kyle. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, thank you. Um, so, it's very that, those two sentences next to each other are hilarious. They're unrelated. We shut those things down on, on like a day apart. Uh, Don't unrelated. panic. Unrelated. Un, un, unpanic. <laughs> By the way, we're committed to doing MMOs. It's like, wait, hold on. Yeah. What? They're clearly related. <laughs> They're clearly related. Uh, <laughs> so Runic Games, uh, cool studio. Hob is a game I've really enjoyed this year. Uh, it's it's a small game, hard to sell. Uh, you know, you look at it and you're like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? I don't think I could convince. I don't think it was being sold that much though. yes yeah yeah yeah. i'd agree with you like bud. i think yeah we just got like a random like almost personal email from the team it had a it's uh, like hey you know uh, if you guys want to check out our our game here's a free copy of torchlight 2 like it was kind of strange like i i think that the perfect world was like already ready to put the hammer down and they just kind of let them finish the game it had one oh. of the big squares on ps it just though, really right, feels it like out. that like you know when you go in the store, yeah, I got a big like square. The big squares and the small ones. Hob had a big one. I think you pay for the big squares. Oh, you got. I think pay you pay up. Yeah. Sure, but yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know about that game if I hadn't got that email. Yeah, I really wouldn't. I think I saw it because I just you know look at every trailer on the store every week. Played, uh, played it at PAX. You played that at PAX. Played Hob. Played the demo. I don't know you played Hob. I felt bad. It was kind of hard to discern the quality of the game because I watched people play the same demo I was about to play like five times before I played it. Oh, yeah. And so I knew all the puzzles. I knew where to go. And so I was mostly just taking in the environment. Yeah, that's the, that's the enjoyment of it to me is just to see the environment just chunk apart and just transform and things like that. It's a, it's a very cool game. Uh, I get what... I mean, it's just so sudden. I think I think we're just a month away from yeah. the launch. Studio's gone. Hub and Torchlight. Like, yeah, Torchlight's big. Yeah, I thought I thought Torchlight was big. Torchlight yeah. and Torchlight too. Those are Diablo esque games. If you're not familiar with, it. I mean, they're Diablo games. You could yeah. almost call yeah. them just straight up Diablo games. Dungeon crawlers. Yeah. Dungeon crawlers. But I mean, it's so Diablo like. Just even the way you like inventory and just mm -hmm. set things on your characters and stuff. Uh, but interesting evolutions. It's not fair to call it just a Diablo game. Uh, and so they really went out on a limb to make make Hob, and it's just this is the kind of thing that crushes me. Uh, they make a game that I find personally interesting, a single player game, uh, fairly linear actually, uh, just gone. Sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, 
been bringing me down with all this news, Kyle. That's what I'm saying. The theme of this episode is Jeez. bad news. Yeah. <sighs> I know, dude. But, I mean, it's. I think it's kind of worth ca- talking about. I mean, we, we talked about this on the podcast two weeks ago when we talked about Star Wars getting canceled at Visceral. And we had True. all this... Pr- and how big is that? Yeah. You know, yeah. the biggest property possible, yeah. Star Wars getting canceled. Right. So. And we were a bunch of podcast people jumping the gun. We were being premature talking about the death of single player games. And it's like, well, lots of stuff is stacking up still. Uh, I mean, Gigantic isn't a single player game, which I think is interesting that that also got axed. Mm-hmm. Uh I never did anybody play Gigantic here at the panel? I it, I don't think it had that much traction. I I did and mm-hmm. I I I don't want to say this is related but it was without a doubt one of the most frustrating demos I've ever done at a show. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> it was a very rule heavy game and it was a very hard game to explain in a very short amount Definitely. of time. Yeah. I did I did not know what I was doing and kind of wanted to just enjoy the game. Kind of yeah. wanted to just I like this character I'm playing as. Let me just jump around and do stuff. And the rules for the match were constantly being yelled at us by the team. Like, no, you're playing this wrong. Go do that. I'm like, what? What? Because there's, like, big monsters that are on your team. But, like, I did, I felt no connection between myself and the monster. There were, like, really various conditions I had to unlock to then allow the monster to do a thing. And there were only times where we could damage the monster. So, like, there were moments in the match where devs were just yelling at us. They're like, now it's open. Go get it. And I'm on completely other side of the battlefield. I'm like... By the time I get to the monster to do damage to it, it's not going to be enough time. Or should I go back to defend? Or I don't, you know, it's just it's, it's very crazy. stressful. It's cra- the game itself has had a pretty crazy life. Cool it's, style, very colorful. Yeah, when it was first introduced to us, it was a Windows 10 exclusive. Microsoft was going right. to publish. Uh, they dropped it, and then Perfect World picked it up, uh, like midway through development, and they they released it officially the early early of this year. Uh, yeah, weird life for Gigantic. Very confused about when it actually launched. And what? Oh yeah, this was an early access kind of for a while, right. and I kept hear, seeing yeah, new trailers and getting updates, but this, this, didn't really secure. Like, here we go. Now it's now it's the official build up to launch. Well, I mean, the things you described, Jones, the frustrating demo, I think would be the case for any MOBA. You know, if you're dropping into league, yeah, suddenly, sure. and somebody's yeah. like, here, well, just go, just yeah. hop in. You have to play uh, for hours to like get comfortable. Thing. And I wonder if MOBAs are a new MOBA. I wonder if a new MOBA is not a, a viable model anymore. I wonder if people aren't chasing that anymore. Have we already moved on from MOBAs? What's the blood, not Battleborn, but Battle... Battle... Oh, battle Cry. Paragon battle Cry. And that's Bethesda's. And that got canned. Yes. But Paragon so that is, was Bethesda maybe ahead of the curve. Yeah. Paragon's, you know, seeing things slump a little bit. Paragon's pretty new, and Paragon has life. Yes. Paragon's doing really well. Yeah. So... Wait, Paladins? Paragon. Paragon. Oh, Paragon is ep- on Reels. Ep- yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Wait, is it doing well, though? Yeah. Be real with me. Is that I game doing peop- well? I see people talk about it all the time. People playing it. People playing it on PSN. People talking about it on Twitch. It's okay. not, like, huge. Yeah. But, like, enough to where I notice it every once in a while. Sure. Yeah. I didn't bring it up on this podcast. Amazon outright canceled its esports game. It wasn't a MOBA because there was a ball. Do you remember that? Hmm. No. Yeah, Amazon Studios came out and said, we're making several games. The one we really want to push is this eSports game where it's kind of like a MOBA, but you're pushing a ball into the other guy's court. Nobody remembers this game? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's why we didn't cover it on the podcast. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But, uh, yeah, I wonder wonder if, you know, we're all trying to chase PUBG now. I wonder if we're all trying to chase a new thing now, you know? I just, uh, it's weird. I bet. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think think probably... If people are going to introduce new MOBAs, they're going to be like Heroes of the Storm, or it's yeah. just, 
let's get a bunch of characters that people already know and throw them in together, you know. I, I, I haven't even heard that much about Smite lately. It sounds like they're doing this weird rebranding, hmm. like, spinoff game. Smite what? was big for a while. Yeah. Smite yeah. is rebranding? Like, I, there's, like, another side game or something that they have going on that they seem to be putting a little bit more focus on in terms of promotion right now. Okay. Um, Shaking it up. Which is, like, Battle of the Gods or something like that. But then, like, oh isn't God. Smite already Battle of the but Gods? Smite is already... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, That's a, <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, Smite... <coughs> yeah, it's funny. So sorry, I don't know, like actually know much about that, but it's just, yeah. No, that's okay. I want to talk about positive things while we talk about uh, studio closures. You know, I want to talk about models that are you know uh, people are adapting to. It's interesting to me that there's a Dota card game happening and uh, uh, Elder Scrolls card game. I think those just lend themselves to microtransactions. Well, you know, they, mm-hmm. they lend themselves to. Oh, a and model. they can last forever. The card games? Hearthstone, dude, set it and forget it, man. Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue. But they don't. They're redesigning Hearthstone Wait, I'm constantly. sorry. What is the words you're telling me? What is Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue? Set it and forget it. Is that a thing? That's a product I can get at a grocery store? Sorry, I, know, I know Hearthstone's like always introducing new cards and like new heroes and stuff, but... Kobolds and Catacombs. Kobolds and Catacombs, obviously, of course. But I'm saying you can release these things and then let it sit... For months at a time, and just collect your check, and then every couple months, make a couple new cards. Oh, me, myself as a publisher can yes. do this. Okay, yes. I see. What I kind of don't think yeah. that's how that works. No, I think that's, I think, like, well, that's, that's exactly how it works. How you just put out a bunch of cards, yeah. and money comes in. <laughs> cards, you get the loot boxes. Yeah, that's a little unfair. You're pretty sure they have to do that game on a like hourly basis. <laughs> no, like obviously not that simple, but like card games specifically, you can. You have the foundation, and then every couple months, you know, you, you inject a little more, but I imagine business model, every time you inject a little more in, you get a good return. Yeah. So I haven't uh, been in Gwent forever, and, like, I know that game is completely different than whenever oh, I played it last year. Well, that's a good one to stack onto that. Yeah, that's another game that's just, like, out there. Uh, getting good. And we're still yeah. waiting it's for 1.0 with the adventure mode and everything still, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, They've been doing a lot on Gwen actually the last couple months. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not 1.0? It's not launched yet? No. Cool. Very soon. Yeah. A, a game to be. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about before we move on from that in particular. Hob is a game I like a lot, but I want to talk, ask the panel a personal question. Uh, we know now if you buy Hob, the developers are getting zero dollars. Uh, so is it weird? Is it weird to buy the game now? Do you know what I mean? Is it? Who gets the money? Where's it going? I mean, Perfect World still exists. Sure. Okay, so yeah. it go it go to those people who just shut down the studio. Cool. Uh, is it weird to do that? Is it because like, I guess if I were the creator, I'd still want people to go and play the game. Yeah, at least, yeah. You know? They put their hard hard time into it. Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a cool game. I mean, honestly, I don't know. In, in most cases, whether the developer would get the money anyways from your sale. No, you're right. They don't. Yeah, they they don't got paid up front. Uh, but, I mean, I guess it like they makes the developer stronger. They get paid a bonus stronger. when it comes out or whatever, and then it's kind of, yeah, kind of a done deal after that. Yeah. And I guess if, it, if but like, yeah. The idea is that you feel good buying a game because it like helps the studio. It makes the studio look good, and they can get, spend more money on their next game, and they can continue to thrive and thrive. And so to spend money on a dead studio feels so weird. And those people are going to try to get jobs now at yeah. some other place. Mm-hmm. And so to go into those companies and say, oh, I worked on Hob, 
people are streaming that right now still, or people are playing yeah. that, and people are still talking about it. Good call. Maybe reviews might be late or something, as people hadn't heard about it until this unfortunate news. Yeah. And so any support is, is always good support because uh, word of mouth helps. One last yeah. thing I want to talk about, actually, as we transition into our final bad news story. <sighs> I think the main character of Hob doesn't look interesting enough. Yeah, he's like the rock dude or whatever. He's yeah, like just has big one arm. big robot arm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, is this Hellboy or... I think you need something dramatic to draw people into Hob. Hmm. I think if Hob was orange, it would have sold better. I think, sorry, I'm not, I don't even know if the character is named Hob. I think if that main character was orange, the yeah. game would sell better. Isn't that crazy? I just think like, it's it's a matter of standing yeah. out. It's like you, Bastion, man. I look at Supermass or Supergiant. Yeah. Yeah, look at Supergiant. And like the, like Bastion or uh, Transistor, yeah. Like you look, you just see that that character, and you're in. Yeah, you you think of the big box in the PlayStation Store. Mm-hmm. You gotta like you gotta shout at people. I feel like, yeah. and not no. I mean no, because Bastion doesn't shout. Uh, Transistor doesn't shout. You just have to be, uh, I guess, evocative. You gotta show something yeah. that yeah, creates an emotional impact. Transistor I think uh, sword. Bio Mutants, a project that I was attracted to because yeah. of its protagonist. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bio. Um, oh, another well, another good example uh, for a dead developer or whatever. Uh, you're gonna be picking up the L.A. Noir yeah. remaster. Oh. Team Bondi is oh. yeah. long gone. Oh. Yeah, 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 long gone. Enough bad news. Okay. This is too much. It's <laughs> a good example. Wait, it's, uh, what? If, Wait, what? If L.A. Noir somehow did insanely well. Could Horror of the Orient ever come out? No. Or Eleanor 2? Well, I think Eleanor 2 could, could, but it wouldn't be Team Bondi. Yeah. Like those people are, it's just like when a, when a game studio shuts down, everybody finds jobs. They're likely not to use the face tag, so yeah. very right. unlikely. Uh, I mean, who's making Metroid Prime 4? You know, that's weird. Okay, anyway. Yeah, nobody else. Uh, final bad news story. Last week, Housemark, uh, game studio, uh, made a... This- oh! <laughs> I'm upset. Uh, I think. Would you say they're most popular for a Super Stardust HD? Was that their biggest hit? That's definitely one of the most well known. Uh, Resogun. Resogun was a launch game, so they got a lot of hits. Dead Nation, I think, is pretty popular. Dead Nation. Uh, those games. And then the ones ones after have not done as as well. And I think like this year, like Matterfall. Matterfall. And Next Machina. We'll get Next there. Next Machina. We'll get there. That studio. Finish both of studio. You finished both of those. Both of them. Ooh, I'm Amazing. Into this. Which one do you like more? Next Machina. It's okay. amazing. All right. It's amazing. Housemark <clears throat> made a blog post proclaiming Arcade is dead. You know, Jones, I've been doing a lot of reading. Maybe we should have you do this. Mm. Uh, from their CEO. Uh, that's a Danish name, and I always do poorly with those two. Maybe you can try to take a stab at his name. Elari Kutinen. Okay. <laughs> now it's time to move on to new genres. Lackluster sales of Next Machina have led us to the thinking that it is time to bring our long-standing commitment to the arcade genre to an end. While this genre will always hold a special place in our hearts, the industry is moving more toward multiplayer experiences with strong, robust communities, and it's time for Housemark to move forward with the industry. Hence, Next Machina and Matterfall will be the last of their kind coming out of our studio. So yeah, devastating. Uh, it hurts. Uh, a studio who made many twin stick shooters that are pretty sweet is saying they're so good. Went out of their way. No one asked them to make a blog post about this, saying going forward we're not making those anymore. 
we made the best ones we could. He, in this article, in, the, in this post, he goes on to say that uh, the Metacritic was 88 for Next Machina. You know, it's one of the best reviewed games of the year. We got one of the, the, the uh, pioneers of the twin stick shooter genre. Mm. Uh, who I think worked on oh, uh, yeah. Smash TV. Thank you, Smash TV, Huber. Well done. Uh, to make this game. So it's not our fault. The genre is dead. The only reason we're not making money is because people have moved on from the genre. Huber, do you buy it? Yes and no. Okay. I mean, That's clearly right answer, a yeah. lot of people didn't play this game. Mm-hmm. Like, What does that tell you? I, You know, people are moving on to, what is it? Robust... <laughs> Online communities? Yes. Is that? Yeah, we all want to be part so of robust online all, communities. You know, we all want our PUBGs and our Fortnites and our And they, might, they actually might also Destinies. be looking at like Rocket League. That might be on the same tier as they, they, as yeah. they are. Yeah. I think they might be looking at Rocket League with its yeah. robust online community yeah. and multiplayer. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's a few things. I mean, top of the list is it's 2017. You know, it's... <laughs> There's so many games, like, we're just all just struggling to play games that we want to play. And I have nothing against Next Machina, but I just haven't had a slot to, like, oh, I'm going to wedge that in there because I want to finish Horizon, I want to finish finish Persona, I want to finish Zelda. Next Machina is the perfect wedge game. When you have time to kill. When you have time to kill. (laughs) That's the problem. You don't have that time to kill. Even if you just, like, sometimes I'm staring my games dead in the face. I'm looking down at Wolfenstein. I'm looking down at Persona. I have time to kill. Those are a little too intense right now. I'm going to play my arcade twin stick shooter for, like, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Yep. But I think with that, like, a lot of people just now, they just pull out the phone. Play something on the phone that's oh. probably not as good. Not anywhere near as good. Uh, Jones, here's where I want and, to... Sorry. And, and, oh, and, what? and uh, what we were talking about who... Oh, what? It was on the podcast weeks ago where they were talking about how many games came out in the store, in the PlayStation store. Do you remember? <laughs> like their, their release Blood, was, that was like the way email down we, the list. That was the email we couldn't talk about that Damiani forwarded to us. Oh, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Damiani tried to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, blood forwarded that email to us. We can't talk about that on the podcast. Do you not remember this? No. It was somebody's... (laughs) (laughs) Damiani did this too on the podcast. I'm like, Damiani, don't. That was an email that was forwarded from Bloodworth. But yeah, it was a developer who was concerned about space, about just recognition, just being seen, uh, which is so hard. And Jones, this is kind of why I want to push back on this. I kind of want to say, yeah, you got an 88 on Metacritic, but you could have done more. More what? I think Resogun is a more visually appealing game from a first glance than Next Machina is. Resogun had a huge advantage in being a PS4 launch Oh, yeah, yeah and yeah. when Blood talks about, like, huge. it's 2017 now, like, launch, yeah. that's the first game I played on my PS4. Me too. Yep. Uh, but it's simple. It's You can instantly recognize what's happening. And I think when you look at him next mocking a screenshot, it's like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. And so Jones, I want, I, I think that's kind of an outlandish opinion that I have on this. And so I want you to talk me down. I want you to say, no, Kyle, the genre really wouldn't support th- this community really wouldn't support next Machina right now. They did everything they could. I think I can't speak to the quality of next Machina. I remember I played it at PSX or I think I played yes. it at PAX PSX for, yeah they had a, a huge a, presence at PSX for a hot yeah. second and, yeah. and, and really enjoyed it and thought uh, it was very the 
way the environment was switching around the pace moving of around everything. the cube yeah. basically you it, change planes it was it, yeah. like a new level is you just move to a new part of the cube which was, looks really cool yes. very interesting to constantly be shaking stuff like that up yeah but the, I think the main thing I worry about of them talking about we gotta go out there and find robust on-calling communities what I don't think you just go out and then just make a community. What you're talking about is pulling a community from another game to support your game. And I think maybe that's also dangerous to think of in this environment. You know, with a lot of these, you know, with Anthem and now Star Wars is maybe going to go in that direction. And, and a lot of these companies trying to create another Destiny. I just Are there that many players? Is there, is there, are there that many, these large communities that can be playing so many different games at the same time? I don't know. I think we might have kind of capped out on what these big games, Overwatch and Destiny and stuff like that, are capable of sustaining. I think they still want Huber's half hour. I think they still. I think their next game will still be kind of arcadey. Will still be just shooting out a bunch of bullets. I, I think they'll just have a huge online implementation. That's my guess. I don't expect them to do anything Destiny-like. Do you know what I mean, Jones? I don't think they want you to commit to their new games. I wonder though. I don't. I don't know. I can't tell from looking at Next Machina what the obsessive nature of that game is. Why I would possibly rush to tell another person about it, or really constantly be playing it day after day and week after week to try to get a high score. I guess is that like yeah. kind of the main thing. Get what score. socially am I sharing about Next Machina? Leaderboards. That's it. Yeah, there's got to be something else it's tricky for that genre i don't know what that would be yeah i just i think i think uh next machina could use stronger iconography you know what i mean it could use mm. a character and i i think back to arcade cabinets honestly the side of the cabinet the side of the cabinet yeah. sells a game yeah. Yeah. your art your 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 logo your titles sell games and i think we we almost lose things like that we lose as scummy as it is, uh, thinking of marketing first, thinking of what is an appealing character that we, you could, we could sell on the side of an arcade cabinet and how do we implement that into a game is almost there. And with Next Machina, I don't know what it gets attached to. I don't know what what the main character is. And, what, is and, what is that, uh, the twin stick shooter they announced just at Paris Games Week? The Hong Kong... Massacre. Massacre. Hong Kong well Massacre. done, Jones. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, I think, is essentially going to play in some ways similar to a Housemark game. And it's got a, it's got a hook. It's got, it's got I haven't seen this game, hook. but it sounds sick. I think you dig it. And yeah. it actually has a, it has a strong visual style. It cool. really, really does. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I just... So that's the thing. I think, I think if you're going around creating things that look like Geometry Wars in 2017... It's funny because you have a harder time. Yes, true. Uh, Matterfall actually has a protagonist and has like story mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, yeah, aliens came and we got it. That's know. the one published by Sony, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're like this female warrior. Uh, uh, matter something. There's like a name for what she is. Yeah. Um, and it was super unnecessary, but it did add a little bit of of context to everything, which mm-hmm. I liked. But like. Her design, I guess, or her suit wasn't, didn't grab me. You know, yes. It wasn't enough to sell Matterfall. And yeah. Matterfall was the worst game than Ex Machina. But I think, I think it is important to have, like, a, a character, a hook. Yeah, because I feel bad. Because, like, yeah. Housemark makes good games. They made good games, and they will make good games <clears throat> going forward. And so, yeah, I don't want to, like, trash on them as like, oh, it's your fault. You know what I mean? Because, obviously, it is. It's hard to battle out there. It's hard mm-hmm. to get attention. Uh, I just do feel like there could have been, you know, it's, I also, at the same time, despite them being one of the best developers at doing this, I don't like them come on, coming out and saying arcade is dead. It's like, you don't get to say that. You don't get right. to do that. But I don't, like, it makes me sad, dude. It makes me question everything. Like, 
what more could they have done? They came out with this critically acclaimed, amazing retro style 2D or 3D twin stick shooter. Uh huh. What more can you do? Like, do people just not want this game? Nobody cares about it. Nobody played it. It's Why just is be it different? It's just got to stand out it, immediately. It, it's interesting you brought up Rocket League because now I think about Rocket League, a game I love and have played and really enjoyed it, but a game I'm, I probably won't go back to, you know, just casually, just in my spare time. Like, I would need a Reason or a Rocket League 2 or some cool expansion that was a part of a property I really liked or a tournament we had at Easy Allies or something. Same thing with Next Machina, not a game I'm probably going to spend time playing. But if I boot up Twitter and I see somebody saying, this is the best Rocket League goal I've ever seen, I'm probably going to watch that video. If it's like 10 it's seconds a good long, video, and it's I'm so probably going to watch that those. video. And I'm yes. probably going to dig it and understand what's happening and uh-huh. be like, whoa, that was a really good play. Yeah. This was my top score and Next Machina is not going to draw me. I'm not going to watch that video. Yeah. And so what is that, again, what is that thing that, that you're sharing? What so is that thing that they're... you're showcasing? Not only just, man, this is a quality game, but this one moment in it really stood out. Yeah. And I think represents why you should stop what you're doing and but get what into if, this game instead. What if I just like sitting in the dark battling like robot skeletons in Next Machina and I don't need to share anything. I just want to play this game and enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, but I think the other thing too is like if you want to keep that comparison going, Rocket League, you can't, there's not another game that's like Rocket League. You know, like, if there's some imitator that somebody's come out with, people are just going to know, like, oh, they're just trying to copy Rocket League. Yeah. Whereas, I think with a lot of Housemarque's games, there's, there are a lot of Twin Six shooters out there. <laughs> there are lots of indie developers that, like, or, hey, let's make a Twin Six shooter. People that, like, want to make the first game ever. Let's make a Twin Six shooter. It'll be easy. We'll figure it out. So, I think one of the issues is, is... There are a lot of cheaper versions of what they do, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and you can spend, you know, two to five dollars, get one of those, well, it may be as good, but it will scratch the itch yeah. compared to, you know, the price of their games. I hear you, bud. Yeah. Yeah. They had, they, and that was a, that was mentioned in this broader too, is they would, they spend a lot of money on their games to get them to look as good as they do and play as well, as good as they oh, do. God, you'd love the way, the Resogun, the way everything breaks apart. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Next yeah. Machina, the way oh, things yeah, just yeah. shatter. And it's like, cons- it's more constant. <sighs> yeah. And Resogun is kind of the reward for beating a level and, and yeah. Next Machina is like constant. Uh, do y'all hear that? Oh. Oh, it sounds like it's podcast halftime. The following are the official sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of November. JoJo Dentco, your friendly automotive dent repair expert. If you are currently an Easy A patron and are in the Denver metropolitan area, tweet at Fastmower if you would like to have your minor door dings repaired free of charge. Scorn, an atmospheric horror adventure developed by Ebb Software, set in a nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. Go to scorn-game.com for more information or check them out on Kickstarter. Jigarbov Productions. In order to claim this as a business expense, Jigarbov figures he should actually advertise at least once to justify the expense. So, open Minecraft with your phone or Xbox One. Go on to the Minecraft Marketplace, get some of those delicious Minecraft coins, and download everything made by Jigarbov Productions so he can keep being a podcast sponsor and not go homeless. The homeless part was a joke. He's obviously doing okay enough to sponsor this podcast as well as pay rent, but for real though, every download counts. L. Fanis. 
Hogue Law business law firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. Rick Hogue started Hogue Law to bring more than a decade of experience to companies like yours and is proud to support the allies. Check him out at www.hoaglaw.com. Mango. I. Keyless. Since 2002, iKeyless has specialized in replacement automotive keys and remotes. They can save you up to 75% off of dealership prices. Visit their updated website at iKeyless.com and use promo code EZA at checkout for free shipping and an additional 17% off of your order. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. Worth noting, we have a new sponsor uh, that we have not directly contacted for the month of November. So you will get that November sponsored next month, and we will hopefully continue their sponsorship next for week. one extra week. Oh, okay. So going you, into the you, month, you get your four weeks. You get yeah. your yeah, yeah. Okay, you get your four weeks for sure. Thanks, John. But thank you so much to that sponsor. Yeah. More updates on that next week. So as I kind of set up the podcast, Easy Eyes podcast, about like talking about news and things like that, talking it's about just bad vibes. Bad vibes. I but <laughs> we're going long. We 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 are we're deep in the podcast at this point. Almost midnight. Yeah, almost midnight, and we've only just done a podcast halftime. But I like talking about this stuff. I like hashing out. I like having these discussions. Uh, sometimes we need help with these discussions. Sometimes we need to turn to an expert. Uh, previously, we called the segment uh, "Better Call Hogue." Look, that's just stealing Better Call Saul. I don't like to. St- it's not even like cute. It's not even like you know. Hogue doesn't sound like Hall Saul. I mean, you know, it's like not even close, really. So now this segment is called. Wait, you know what Hogue sounds like? What does it sound like? No. Do you know? You know what Hogue sounds like? No. Oh. What? Oh, I thought you said you, he doesn't sound like Saul. No, I mean the word oh. Hogue doesn't sound like Saul. Mm. Rogue. Thank you, Chance. Rogue Hogue. I want to do... I want to work... <laughs> no, what? No, don't do this. Yes, I'm doing it now. I want to work on a Saul impression. It's such a particular voice. Yeah. <coughs> a little sick right now. Yeah, that's it. it. That's it. Time. That was close. All right, my goal for next podcast is to debut my Saul <laughs> oh. impression. Sorry, Huber, you won't be there. Help yeah. us out, Hogue. So... Uh, here's the interesting thing. So, so uh, Rick Hogue, who is a, a sponsor of this podcast, has interesting opinions on things. And it, it ties in well to what we're talking about this week. Uh, Rick posits, posits that uh, it's almost an obligation of some companies to make games that will make the most amount of money. And it, it's a really interesting uh, debate. It's a really interesting thing to think about. He sent me a, a long description, a long article about uh, kind of what this means from a legal standpoint, which Jones will read. And I'd like to discuss this. It's, it's a really interesting uh, uh, perspective on all this. So Jones, take this away. Help us out, Hug. The easiest way to think about fiduciary duty. Ah, fiduciary duty. That's the word I was trying to chase. That's too hard. Is to understand what a corporation is in the eyes of the law. Namely, a collection of money or other assets contributed by a large group, investors, but controlled by a small one, directors, officers. That larger investor group has contributed their money on the understanding that the company will put it to its best use to increase the overall value of the corporation. Example, to profit. Yeah. Doing whatever it is the corporation was formed to do. Because the investor group can't directly control the actions of the corporation, the law requires that the corporation's directors and officers always be exercising reasonable care to keep moving the corporation in the direction that the investor group intended when they put their money in, towards maximizing profitability. 
This is, that is the board and officer's primary fiduciary duty. In other words, the duty of those in charge of a corporation to act as fiduciaries, trustees, of the funds that have been entrusted to their care. They are the guardians of the bank vault, and they can't simply waste that which they have been entrusted to protect. Note that in the past few years, various states have begun to grant corporations and LLCs the right to be formed with goals in mind, other than maximizing shareholder profitability. In such benefit corporations, other corporate goals can be pursued by the board and officers, including charitable and educational ends. No video game company that I am aware of is formed as a benefit corporation. All right, we can pause there for a sec. Uh, I realize how I'm going to remember fiduciary, just because just of that fun word in the middle. Uh, Michael Huber. Mm-hmm. So do you think House Mark, you know, it, it was is doing its fiduciary duty in saying, hey, it's our responsibility as a company, as people, we have employees. We got to keep everyone here. We got to make as much money as possible. It is, is it, you got kind of think it's their duty to make different games? Uh, the, yeah. Depending on, or, you know, I don't know the exact sales numbers, but yeah. clearly... Next Machina and Matterfall did not do well. Yeah. So they have to do something else. I, And it's not just something else. It's like a different kind of game. Yeah. And I think we're going to get there with, with Hogue in that there are games out there that are making so much money. It's kind of your responsibility to make that kind of game. And that's the crazy thing I didn't think about is people decision making from way up high saying we need to maximize profits and this is the way to do it's it. It's just annoying because like when mobile games were big, everyone's yeah. like, let's make mobile games. And then MOBAs were big, mm-hmm. let's make MOBAs. Now it's loot boxes and royales. Everyone's like, let's do that. Jones, <laughs> <laughs> we should continue. We should continue. <laughs> so the board and officers of a corporation always need to be considering if the actions they are taking with the corporation and its assets are in the best interest of the corporation's stockholders. What we are starting to see now in the video game industry are statistics, reports, and financial statements that show such high level of GAAS profitability over and above that realized by traditional single-player content. Sorry? Games as a service. Games as a service. That they suggest that every board of every video game company needs to at least consider whether the assets they hold wouldn't be better spent on pursuing games as a service solutions. For a board of directors to ignore this data would be to violate their duty to exercise reasonable care. Isn't that ridiculous that this is almost like from a legal standpoint, EA, you have to cancel Star Wars? Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Now, there are plenty of reasons for a company to determine that pursuing single player is just fine. Mm -hmm. If you're Nintendo, you have the best single player developers in the world, so a one-time hit of Mario money may well be better than trying to build Mushroom Kingdom Live with expertise you don't have. (laughs) If you are Naughty Dog, your shareholder is Sony, whose own shareholders understand both, one, that video games are just one piece of a much larger corporate puzzle, and two, that single-player exclusives may well be a justifiable loss leader to enhance console sales. Finally, if you happen to be a true independent, owned by only a single individual or small group of like-minded folks, you can do whatever you want, because the duty you hold is to yourself. There is no one to sue you if you aren't quite doing the optimal thing with corporate assets. So in short, most every company's board and officers, save for the true independents, need to worry about meeting their fiduciary duties, though some may determine that they meet them simply by staying the course. The present pattern of the data coming out of the industry, however, makes me sympathetic to the EAs of the world from a legal perspective when they see these tailwinds. I personally don't agree that they that we are destined for a games as a service only multiplayer future, but by law, 
These folks have to analyze the data they are getting carefully and consider the possibility. Clearly, EA has determined that games as a service is where the money lives. Yes. Yeah. And many others, as we have talked about, are determining that's where the money is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I love that this idea of fiduciary duty. Uh, it's not a thing I've ever heard of until this point, until Hogue brought it up. Uh, but it's a perfect way to explain, I think, what we've kind of been talking about on this podcast for a while. Uh, that it's kind of... Yeah, it sucks. We don't like to see that stuff in our games. It's ruining some games. It's ruining NBA 2K18. But... It's weird because it's the responsible thing to do from a publisher to ruin their games. That's what's insane. That's what's so crazy. I don't know where to where to launch from that panel. I don't I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you where to launch from that. Okay, Jones. It doesn't change how you communicate this to your audience. I don't care why you're making the decisions that you are. Mm-hmm. Communicate that to your audience. Yeah. We have the and wonderful you've, you've Rick Hogue this, which I like. who's yeah. brought this down to a level we can understand. <laughs> yep. Who's starting to actually humanize these big companies where you're realizing, wow, they do have a lot of responsibilities. And yeah, they, they do have to speak to a higher power mm-hmm. that is control, that is giving them the assets to, to run the business that they're running. And so it really makes sense. But we have to understand this in a situation completely outside of the messaging coming from the company in question. And so when I have a general understanding of how this business should run, how these tough decisions are made, and then see a company making announcements like, everything is fine, you know, there's, we're not desperate, you know, we're not chasing things around this industry. We knew we were going to make this decision years ago. No, you didn't. You clearly didn't. Yeah. And so I, I just want a little more of that openness, a little more of that fallibility with these companies for them realizing this is tough. It's tough to keep a business business afloat that's this huge that's we're, we're juggling this many we're dealing with properties as scary and, and massive uh, and intimidating as star wars mm-hmm. i don't get that vibe from them yeah it just seems like they're you know they're staying the course like you said in quotes yeah it doesn't feel like that yeah it's it's difficult because um you know it's cr- implementing these kinds of things into creative medium is not cut and dry you know, it, it could very easy be very easy for somebody that doesn't understand film on paper to you know say hey like if we get the actors to like just pitch about peanut butter in the middle of the movie we can get that peanut butter mo- money you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, but it that wouldn't work like money, audiences maybe. would just be like no this is stupid we, we, why would we watch something like this it just starts advertising in the middle, middle of the movie and I think mm. like a lot of the loot boxes is, is kind of that thing but it's it's strange in video games because in some games, it works and it makes perfect sense. Like Hearthstone, like that's how playing cards work. Yeah. You know, like that's just the business model that playing cards have had going for however many decades. And so you put that into a video game, it works, it makes sense. But then, you know, you, you take that and you throw it into something like Forza and it's like you just destroyed the whole way that like your, your, the progression, your works, progression right? system yeah. works. And it doesn't really do anything that beneficial in the end. Uh, this is a this is a huge aside. You said for decades, and I wonder what the first card game is where there are packs, where sure. it's randomized packs. Is it I mean, magic? is it just baseball cards? No, you can't play a game with baseball sure, cards. Sure, but you but what bought you baseball get? cards yeah. and collectible packs. Yeah. I wonder if Magic the Gathering is like the first ever packs game. Anyway, sorry, that's not at all having anything to do with your discussion, with your point, Blood, which I think is really strong. I had collectible Rambo First Blood Part 2 cards. Dude, sick. <laughs> <laughs> with a little stick of gum in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I, I, I think it's really interesting. I think you can't be too discouraged because of the way it ends in that, hey, if you're an independent developer, you get to make whatever you want. You can go creative uh, expression. And also on that point of exclusives and what we are seeing, Ghost of Tsushima uh, exists not to make money. Uh, that exists to make the PlayStation 4 a more appealing product. And so it's allowed to be what it is. Uh, that title is bad. That's a bad title and, and if you want to like make money. It's, it's a rough one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good title. Excuse <clears throat> me for what I'm saying. It's a bad mass market title. And so, yeah, I, I think that it's kind of along those lines. It's, it's weird seeing people that I know are so into that. That has now moved on to their number one anticipated game. And they're like, oh, did you see that Ghost of Tsushima trailer? Yeah. It's like, you are the number one fan for this game. And it's still tough for you to, <laughs> to, to bark that out. The Evil got- Within 2 single player game. Yeah. Beautiful. I wonder how Bethesda Packed works with this. with yeah. content. Packed with content. New Game Plus. Yeah. But, Unlockable difficulties. Zenimax over them, yeah. Yeah. Bethesda doing it right. A lot of corporate. It, I think Evil Within 2 is a really fun outlier. I think it's a totally fun outlier. I mean, I guess it's... But pack- I mean, it's not just that. It's Wolfenstein Doom, too. it's Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein doesn't well, have any Doom kind of packs, Doom right? and multiplayer, but... Sure. But it wasn't the main selling point of that game. Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Wolfenstein too, no multiplayer. Yeah. Oh goodness! Uh oh! I, I pushed my pocket too hard. Siri's Siri trying to talk to talking me. Talking to us. Uh, yeah, I guess they, they I don't support even those use games Siri. with. That's uh, what I was like, what? I think that, I think they have pretty good DLC models with those games, in that they're kind of like story expansions. I, I think for Bethesda games, you get some good stuff. Uh, yeah, Fallout's had a lot of expansion mm-hmm. models going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. And really successful in that. Wolfenstein had a standalone they've been, game. You know what? The, they've been trying to do the sell the mods thing. That's been what they've been. If we get into the dirty business the of Bethesda, yeah. yeah, 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 which is funny. I think but I we, just go uh, ahead. No, I, I just love that so much more as a consumer. I love that I get this game. I can I can play it and finish it with with no strings attached. I just get my Evil Within two or my Horizon and yeah. I play it and I have a good time. Mm-hmm. And months later, you know, Resident Evil seven. Months later, when they release something else, then I'll come back to it. And and pay for the the expansion or the DLC just like that, you know. Versus, we want you to stay around, you know. We don't want you to go anywhere. <laughs> we got these b- progression boxes over here. We've got this stuff. We don't want you to go anywhere. All right, you so know, I- and that's uh, that's where it's going. It's going yeah. harder towards keeping the gamer attached to your game rather than like here play it and come back to us later when so we release more stuff let's be it's big like, wigs right now let's be big wigs for uh <laughs> for uh bethesda we're looking at elder Scrolls 6 it is our fiduciary duty fiduciary duty fiduciary duty uh sorry i won't i can't i can't anyway it's our fiduciary duty to optimize our profits skyrim sold very well look that sold great but we could make more. We owe it to our investors to make more on this game. Do they have to look at microtransactions for Elder Scrolls Six? Is that their duty? <laughs> Is this their fiduciary duty? I kind of think it's not. I think it's not because Skyrim sold so well. Mm-hmm. I think, as you're saying, as you're saying, like, uh, stay the course. I think for Skyrim, you said that one sold bonkers. Like, don't worry about Multiple it. Multiple times. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the story yeah. of Skyrim keeps coming back again yeah. and again. And so yeah. many, the VR and the Switch and, you know, yeah. it's remastered and, you know. So that is their fiduciary duty is yeah. to re-release it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, you're yeah. kind of right. Don't put it on every console right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do it. If, <laughs> 
Yeah, if money's on the table, it's your duty to. Yeah, it's funny. It's Cause funny. Yeah, because yeah, going again back to my my dumb peanut butter money example, it's just yep. it's one of those things where you also like you have to weigh the risks of like is doing this going to cost us more? Yeah. than we're gonna bring in from it, you know, and and I think that's I think that is one of the the biggest difficulties with microtransactions because it is sort of free money in a way. Yeah, it's like it it can do like v- cost very little have very little damage and have very few people actually take up on it and it's profitable. That's what I meant to say when I was ranting about Hearthstone, which I have a very uh, complex relationship with, is I, I would like to know the, the budgets and the, the costs to create these new cards. You know, because it's not some crazy graphical engine. You know, obviously you're paying for the programmers and the the artists making the cards and everyone testing the new cards. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on there. Voiceover, voiceover. But I would love to know like the real nitty gritty costs of putting one of those out versus people logging in every day, buying card packs. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I think that's why the Elder Scrolls card game is being made. I think that's why the Dota card game is being made. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much money. Yeah. It's just too much money so to much say no money. to. Yeah. You just got to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Because that's too much money to say no to. I want to talk about some good news real quick before we get to uh, love and respect. What's up, Jones? Good news. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. We got some good news. <laughs> uh, segment's called Quick Biz because uh, we got some sales reports from uh, Take Two, from Ubisoft, and from Nintendo. Let's start with Ubisoft. Uh, sales are up 65%. Uh, I want. I'm gonna skip through most of these things, but you know. It's yeah, it's cool. a long list of numbers, and I don't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blood, you sent me that email this morning. Uh, digital revenue is up 69.1 percent, and digital revenue is a huge chunk of the money that Ubisoft is making. Uh, and much more. <laughs> what was it? it there's a. Mo- they're making more money off microtransactions than they are straight up just selling games digitally. If you look oh. at their digital sales, the majority of it is sales within those games than the actual money Do they, they make say specifically which games. games are the most successful in that regard <coughs> uh they didn't pick out uh but um because they said growth is driven by mario plus rabbit's kingdom battle rainbow six siege uh and wildlands and for honor uh it's pretty clear that uh many of the three out of the four games yeah. uh have a lot of microtransactions i'm gonna say rainbow six siege because it's that's an old game almost at this point is making them a lot of money. Not really. Digitally. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're continually putting out updates. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's a big uh, uh, revenue maker for them. Uh, but the fun thing to talk about, the fun thing that I want to pluck from that, is that Assassin's Creed Origins, as they reported, the sales are up 100%, which means that it has sold twice as many at this point as Syndicate. Assassin's Creed Syndicate wow. did. Crazy. Yeah. It's because Syndicate course, came out after Syndicate. Unity. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. why. Well, this Everyone came out after burned. Syndicate. Yeah, but people also had a year off. People had a year. So yeah, it had been multiple years. They'd been burned by Unity. Took a couple years off. Uh huh. Yeah. I love Syndicate. It's also just, it's a great setting. It's a gorgeous looking game. You know, regardless of what you end up finally thinking in the end, I think people are just yeah, put money on it. Mm Hmm. Clemson Pyramids. What's so cool about a sales up a one hundred percent is that this proves to people you don't have to put out the game every year. This did as well as two years worth of games, and oh, that's, yeah. that's that nice. point. And that's really, really cool. I love that. That's that's good news. That's good news for yes. Ubisoft. That's good news for video games. You can take a year off. You can do it, and it will pay off. 
I think also in just this insane, you know, uh, so many good games this year and so many different uh, types of experiences to check out and stories to go through. When Origins launched, it wasn't like another Egypt game. You know, I think it's very unique this year, stylistically, mm-hmm. going into a world like that, whether it's open world or, you know, you like action adventure, whatever draw you, draws you to it. Mm-hmm. I think it is a very unique experience that I think a lot of people are, were excited to check out. Yeah. And so that's cool. I'm, I'm happy about that one. I think that's cool. Will you play it, Kyle? Assassin's Creed. I was actually Huber. We had we had a bunch of copies here, and I was kind of bummed I didn't pick one up later on when I thought of the ex- Explorer mode. Yeah, it's not out yet. Oh, that mode's not out yet. Yeah, not out yet. Cool. Okay, yeah. anyway, I, if you're not familiar, podcast listener, uh, there's a mode in this game where you're not even going through the story. You're yeah. just checking out pyramids. Yep. Yeah. The whole world's open. Remind, and you go to places and they tell you about them. It reminds yeah. me of a thing Nintendo did uh, back with I think it was the original DS. Yeah, uh, where basically they like gave them to like tour guides and stuff and museums. Uh, I think maybe specifically in Japan, and and yeah, so like you would carry a DS around with you to the museum, and it would recognize like when you were near certain displays and would have so the information cool. on the DS. Yeah, awesome. Uh, but yeah, so this is this is that kind of thing. It's like it's a guided tour. Go to these areas you'll learn more about them you'll have uh you know egyptologists or whatever yeah just give me that i don't care about your animus <laughs> i don't care about leveling up and getting loot i just like i want to i want to be in a pyramid so that, that's what i think that's pretty cool it actually that is one thing that i thought was really funny because um of all the things that you know like this game is something there that's like you know we're gonna we're making it different you know we're gonna change up assassin's creed and i'll tell you the one thing that like got me off that boat immediately was to see that animus loading screen and to sit through 30 seconds of stuff flying through the air matrix style and like all right this is i'm just back in it that is because here's the thing here's the thing blood is they had a meeting they took a year off let's reinvent assassin's creed what should we do for the loading screen somebody said why don't we just do that thing we're always like shut up that one person shut up think of anything new like you could have had yeah, your explorer so mode type things in there. You could have had like yeah. fly-throughs of stuff. Why don't we just do that thing we always do? Okay, yeah, that's the best idea. Go with it. That's crazy. You're right, blood. That is crazy. <sighs> uh, but anyway, congratulations to Assassin's Creed. Congratulations to Ubisoft yeah, for uh, you know taking a year off and getting rewarded for it. Uh, Nintendo sell-through of the Nintendo Switch over seven million. Sell-through means not just two stores, but two people, two hands. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, and sell-through of Mario, two million. Uh, That's not all with Mario, though. That is the fastest-selling Mario the fastest in the U.S. fastest-selling Mario. Fastest-selling Mario in Europe, but not fastest-selling Mario in Japan. Strangely. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, just one of the best-selling Mario games of all time. Uh, two mil already. Switch selling like crazy. That's I don't think I was ready to say that at the beginning of this year. At the beginning of this year, well, it's we didn't also, even it's have also, that, it's, that it's really nuts because they, I think uh, they brought up a new Super Mario Brothers Wii was the last one. Um, like the previous record setter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, in the U.S., right. And at that time, the Wii had sold crazy numbers already. Yeah. Like, that didn't come out early in the Wii's life. Right. That came out after both galaxies, right? Yes. 
New Super Mario yeah, Brothers. Yeah, so there was yeah. a gigantic install base. Yeah. And this sold faster than that. Yeah. <laughs> it sold crazy. faster than that. And yeah, Blood, what's cool about that is that Nintendo kind of was very open about the fact that New Super Mario Brothers Wii sold more than Galaxies 1 and 2. Uh, and it kind of seemed like that would just be the direction forever. And that is when my hope for yeah. a Mario game with a, with a right analog stick died. Uh <laughs> And so to see this return and to see it rewarded, we talked about our dreams on the last podcast. Mm. I wanted to see them rewarded for trying a Mario game like this, and it's just it, immediate. Cappy. Yeah. Throw that cap. Uh, so what I want to talk to the panel, though, is, is uh, <laughs> do you think we'll see a simpler Mario game? I don't think this is the last Mario game we'll see on the Switch. No, but we will see a filler spinoff Mario game next. Okay. It'll be like a new Super Mario type. So it'll be 2D? I think so. Okay. Just I think we could. It out there. Do you think it'll? I don't think we necessarily game? necessarily no. will, but I think that we could. I think it's also equally as likely that whatever the levels would be like, they will get bundled into a Mario Maker. What? Like it would be a more robust version of Mario Maker, to like has. If there is a two D Mario, it's going to yeah. be a Mario Maker. I get what you mean. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think because uh, that sold pretty crazy well, especially yeah. for the Wii U. Oh That's yeah, Mario game toward the end of the Wii U's yeah. life. Yeah. yeah, I think a co op focus too, like three D World. Sure, you go back to that. Not like not like a three D World two, but mm-hmm. full no, but like a new Super Mario Bros with four players. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, Jones. That's cool. I mean, were you? Did you ever think the Switch would sell this well? I didn't right away. I thought it w- I, we were just talked about Assassin's Creed and bad vibes from one Assassin's Creed carrying over to the next game in the series. Yeah. And I thought there would just be enough trepidation. I saw a lot of people. What I'm curious about are seeing a, a lot of people on social media that that said that they were going to wait for Mario if they actually did. Yeah. If this was it. If this was their finally. And I and I, I am seeing some people now that are saying, okay, I'm in. What's the game? And it's like, where do we start? There's so many. Yeah. There's so many great, you know, Neo Geo games. There's so many great. You know, Stardew Valley, Oxenfree. You know, a lot of these games that you might not have played on PC or on consoles uh-huh. when they first came out that are just so perfect on the go. And of course, you know, these humongous games. Bethesda. You know, Doom looks great. I just saw today for the first time yeah and it uh it looks way better than i thought it was going to perform so surprises all around with that switch i mean mm-hmm. just across the board you know, sales of the fact that more people bought zelda than bought switches it's crazy it's just one <laughs> yeah it's one one amazing headline after another yeah we talk about it now they, they are finally there are more switches out there than there are zeldas <laughs> we're, we're finally more switches which is nice but yeah, it's cool. It's 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 really cool to see it be that successful. It's really cool for a 3D Mario game about exploring yeah. to be successful. Mm-hmm. It makes me happy. <clears throat> and I realize that people like Mario for platforming, and I think there will be a game that makes them happier too. Uh, I think there's going to be room for it all. Mario is a contender for strategy game of 2017. What's what? What is this year? Oh, you mean plus rabbits? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? <laughs> Wait, people are mad at Odyssey for not having good platforming? Yeah. This is a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. That's a criticism. What? I get it. I mean, I get it. 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 But look. Dude, there's 999 moons. So many of those moons have like crazy platforming. Yeah. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Some are nuts. (laughs) What? Some are very nuts. (laughs) (coughs) Um, Yeah, you know what? That's it for Quick Biz. Take Two made a lot of money digitally as well. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V sells like bonkers and makes a lot of money online still. Setting the tone for robust online communities. Yeah, that is. I mean, if you want to, that's it. Get that one. Yeah. Get, get Minecraft or get that one. I wonder if they're expecting the same hit. Because I think 
Lamborghinis and jets and yachts and helicopters yeah. and the the fast money and the whole criminal lifestyle I think is more attractive and ultimately I think will sell bigger than a, than Cowboys. And so I, w- I wonder if they're really expecting Red Dead 2 to sell as much for that community to be as big and dedicated and just frothing at the bit for every little tiny announcement or they're okay with Red Dead kind of being more focused and people that are, were really fans of the first game coming back and not necessarily having this broad audience. People just kind of playing the Red Dead 2 campaign and a little bit of online and then going right back to GTA 5. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder I what their expectations are there. Yeah, I, I think there's something more universally appealing about just driving in cars and cro- causing chaos. But than- we haven't even seen Red Dead's multiplayer, dude. It could be insane. We have not. How could it be it insane? Could- what could be more insane than GTA Five, though? I'm like, not. I'm not Rockstar. Gen- I'm not Rockstar genius. <laughs> I don't know. Who kn- like they're gonna do? They're gonna shake it up. They're gonna do something yeah. crazy. Like think about like how far video games have come even since like GTA Five first came out. Like online came out. It was kind of botched. There weren't even heists. Like the the games on like online now. Everyone chasing that. It's it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I'll, like I'll they throw can an idea do out anything. There. Okay. Don't I'll throw something idea. out there. Well, One yeah. of my favorite things when we first started GTA Online is you can set a bounty on somebody, and they mm. will appear as a red dot on the mini map. And sometimes people just troll people. I got tons of money in this game, and so I'll, I'll you know I got money to burn, so I'll drop you know ten grand or something on the yeah. Everybody go kill this one person. And so I don't really take those seriously because I wasn't sure like why that person got in trouble. It, it, should I really go out? Is this the bad guy here, or is this just person being picked on by somebody else? Both are kind of funny. I mean, both would yeah. be interesting, you know, uh, to, to have a target there. But then you see people cosplaying, not cosplaying, but uh, playing the role of a police officer. Oh you have this gosh, infamous guy who, like, actually yeah. like, puts people in jail. Yep. It goes through the motions of being a cop, constantly the good guy. It'd be really interesting if they're building this new environment from a ground up. If you really set that as a more permanent role, if you yeah. actually have... Uh, bad guys versus good guys and so you have all the modes that we're playing all the different mini games and stuff like that races on horseback and stuff that we can do but on top of that always is this kind of good guy bad guy uh, back and forth going where you know we might finish the race and be back in the world and oh yeah that reminds me I want to kill you because I get points for because you're just labeled as a bad guy if they take that morality play that was in Red Dead Redemption versus whether you were going against the law or with it and you add that into like a uh, like a like a Destiny Two social space, but you take that even further, so you can be like a saloon owner. And depending on how you do, you can like level up your saloon. But then the sheriff has to like defend your saloon from the outlaws. that <laughs> can come in and like rob the banks. Yeah, all right. You can get crazy. You kind of sold me. I really right now I was thinking there's no way that game makes as much money as GTA 5. I don't think it ever will, but I think it could compete. I think it could make a ton of money. I think you're right. There's also going to be gambling, I'm sure. Like yes. poker oh, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. millions on the table. Well, careful now. No. What do you mean? I, I think I think it's actually incredibly important for none of your microtransactions, nothing to actually like implement. So what if you can buy money? And you can use said money. They can't. On the okay, 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 okay. You like legally, you cannot yeah. do that. The, what are they, like there has to be a way. No, because poker's, <laughs> poker's such a big part of Red Dead and like yeah. the if old you're West. Poker, you can't spend money on poker chips. Yeah, well, yeah. then, then there can't be microtransactions because there has to be like GTA is built on shark cards. It is the currency yeah. used, and that is where all the money goes. Right. What? And it's the same money you get for doing missions. It's the yeah. same money you can. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So, humor. I wonder. I think. I, I think they're gonna cut it out. I bet 
poker will be its own online mode with its mm-hmm. own like chips do not transfer into because yeah that's yeah is there a loophole where you can buy like token you can buy tokens even if there's a loophole money? like the legal yeah <laughs> come down so hard come on man yeah uh, yeah too risky yeah too risky it yeah. is now time for love and respect Love, love and respect. respect. So we're a little deep in the podcast. Uh, we're going to have to be brief again with love and respect two weeks in a row. I feel bad about this. We have some good stuff this week, too. Uh, one thing I want to acknowledge, this is two weeks ago. Uh, we did a love and respect of someone that I actually forgot to pull. Found your name. The person who gave us a love and respect question about Odyssey 2. Sorry, Odyssey from two weeks ago came from Frank. Nice, Frank. Frank. Sorry that I pulled your question, but didn't actually pull your question. Thank you for your insightful question. Frank West. Just Frank. <laughs> Just Frank. Not Frank West. Frank. You were you doing that thing I like. I'm sorry. First and last name from a video Franks. game character. <laughs> I was doing that on my own, too. It was Charlie Cutter. Charlie <laughs> Cutter. I was saying that on a stream. Is from like, Uncharted 3? Yeah. Yes, yeah, dude. Yeah. I love Cutter. <laughs> Charlie Cutter. Cutter, dude. The claustrophobic scene. Yeah. So uh dang we got a really fun game we'll do that next time i'm gonna try to add this because that game is very fun were you playing uncharted 3 sorry were you playing uncharted 3 (laughs) no i got the cutter ability in kirby okay Uh, charlie Charlie (laughs) (laughs) hey allies this past weekend a giant triple a shooter came out call of duty world war ii last month another triple a shooter released destiny 2 later this month we will get battlefront 2 with all these games while all these games are undoubtedly popular and will have very healthy online communities. Robust, robust. is the word we use for those now. Ongoing robust. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it got me thinking about something. None of them will have any chance of being as big as Halo 2 was in 2004. I'm not just talking about sales numbers, although Halo 2 reportedly made over $125 million and sold 2.38 million units on opening day. It's like laughing at Mario sales, right? I'm more referring to the powerful zeitgeist that followed the Halo name in the early 2000s and Halo 2's complete and total reign over online console shooters. (laughs) Halo 2 was console FPS multiplayer during that time. My question is, could a shooter in 2017 or beyond ever dominate the marketplace and mindshare as Halo 2 once did in 2004. So this is this is the kind of question where it's a strong premise. You have to buy into that question that premise first and I, I want to ask the panel if you yeah. do buy in. I mean number 1 Halo 2 almost literally was <laughs> like that that there wasn't yeah. an option. What else exactly? And, and uh I'm trying to think about uh, what what else might have been out around the same time, but um, for online multiplayer, oh yeah, Halo Two, sure. and actually, I think uh, I think it overlapped with Metroid Prime Two. I think those came around around. But that the was same online. Time. I was trying to think of like yeah. something like SOCOM, but the the thing with Halo Two was there was definitely a perfect storm of anticipation because uh, the Xbox launched with Halo, and everyone like that became that that became the system seller here because it was like you played with a bunch of friends at a house and yep. land up their systems and you're like i want to get in on this i like yeah i'll add four more players i'll buy an xbox and like we'll string cables out the windows because there wasn't wi-fi yet mm-hmm. you know and and yeah 
like you did all of that in Halo and it's like and it's gonna be online we can do this without like everyone bringing all this piles and piles of like controllers and 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 consoles and everything and then little did we know that like Halo going online killed much of that moment like the, those yeah. events those parties like they just Land stopped parties. happening yeah Love um, once you could just sit at home and and have the excuse of just sitting at home and and all of that i'm sorry i have to interrupt real quick that came from andrew blank whose oh, name was printed yeah. on a separate page that took me a second to, to recover um, um but <laughs> so you're saying blood nothing will be as far above all the others ever again Halo 2 was special because it was this online game. Halo 1 was special because it stood above other first-person shooters at the time in terms of uh, not just its capability of being a multiplayer game, but its accessibility. Sure. But at the same time, though, the premise of will anything be as big and have the mind share, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Call of Duty still does. That's there kind of are, I'm kind of there are lots there. of other options, but yeah. Call of Duty, like even if among like the hardcore enthusiasts that are online talking about games every day, you know it can be seen as a black sheep or divisive or whatever by certain people. The general public, Call of Duty is eats it, up. it. Yeah, like buy a Call of Duty every year, no matter what. They don't even look at the reviews. I do wonder that. I wonder if we just stayed in high school. You know what I mean? If if we didn't age and we were 18 for the rest of our lives, if if Call of Duty would be a bigger deal than, than Halo 2 was when we were 18. You know what I mean? I, I wonder. It, I, I do wonder if Zeitgeist is part of your age. Uh, but at the same time, I think if we had a podcast, if we were doing the Easy Allies podcast at the time that Halo 2 is coming out, I think we're nuts about it. Mm-hmm. I think we're nuts about it. But I don't think we're nuts about Call of Duty World War Two, even though Huber loves it. I love it. We're not nuts about it, though. Huber, we're yeah. not. We're not propping it up. Well, as we're the only best game nuts. Of the year. We're nuts about something when like all of us love it. You know? Yeah, nuts about Zelda. Will that ever happen oh, yeah. for a first-person shooter again? This is the question. That's what. That's yeah. what we're being asked. Yes. An online first-person shooter. Come on, shooter. optimism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Will we have it something that's like Halo Two was? I think we we got I mean, close with Destiny. I mean, PUBG. Yes, I think we got close with Destiny. Yeah. yeah. Look at PUBG. PUBG's like, not this, there, man. This game, this it, yeah, that's the thing. PUBG game out of there. nowhere. We're not there. Yeah. PUBG, but PUBG is there. Yeah. <laughs> Disturbingly massive audience, like mm-hmm. huge numbers coming from out of nowhere with no established licensing or name. You know, they didn't have the the backing of Microsoft. They didn't have the Halo name. I don't even. I don't understand it. Like. Out of but nowhere. Yeah. So, of course, I think it can totally happen. 100%. Yeah? Yeah. Jones, are you a believer? That this could come back? Sure. I, I think it's interesting that for a while there, we mentioned World War II eventually, but for a while there, we were comparing Halo 2 to Call of Duty. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That, yes, Call of Duty is very popular year to year, but Halo 2 just by itself. I think Modern Warfare 2 was even bigger than Halo 2. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, you're right. It had a bigger online like Modern community. Modern Warfare 2. It, yeah. yeah. Because, well, actually, I, I don't know if Call of Duty will ever return to Modern Warfare 2. Because you know what? That was the, the pinnacle. It should be huge yeah. that they're going back to, to World War 2. And mm-hmm. it's not that huge. You know what I mean? It's not that anticipation. Yeah. It's not that Halo 2 anticipation, yeah. which was reading the blog every week. It was, it was huge, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. My only question is, can Call of Duty ever get back there or will it take a new IP? You know, the yeah. zeitgeist of a new, fr- fresh new IP and a new thing to reclaim it. Yeah. You know, has Call of Duty reached its peak? Can it ever go back? Or is it just like too much, too much, too much? Even if it's, even if this one was the best one ever, you know, mm-hmm. can it get that? 
or or is it going to take something brand new to, it's funny, to Hubert, dethrone it? You know? That's, that's the, why I thought Destiny 2 was going to be the one. Yeah, and it wasn't. And our bet. Yeah. I thought Destiny 2 because mm. it's, you know, still kind of new. Yeah. By the way, early returns from Europe, I'm killing that bet, dude. <sighs> I'm killing that one. The bet, by the way, to, had for you. everybody to catch you up. Hubert and I bet on which would sell more this year, oh. Destiny 2 or Call of Duty World War II. Yeah. I think I'm winning that one. Already? What, 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 not already. Not one? already. I think I'm trending towards. Sorry, okay. I was on. I was betting on Call of Duty. What about those Destiny on? PC uh. sales? I don't, Hubert, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be there, man. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be there. But yeah, it is. I mean, the, the advertisement is actually... Uh, uh, young 30, 20 to 30 somethings going around saying, Hey, man, did you hear Call of Duty's Great back in World ad. War II? Great. Do you ad. like this ad? I love these ads. <laughs> Playing on the nostalgia. Have you seen this, Jones? <laughs> no. It's, I don't think I have. Oh, so gosh. they got to get the band back together. Yeah. Because so, Call of Duty's back in World War So it's II. like the older guy calling yeah. all his friends that yeah. are older now. They have like kids and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, let's play Call of Duty. Like, we're back. Yeah. I, the thing I is, Hubert, I'm like, I'm not buying it. Right. I don't feel the enthusiasm that we should be feeling True. for them going back to World War II. Yeah. Because it's almost like they had to. It's almost mm-hmm. if it was an obligation because they went too far into space. And because getting the band back together again for World War II doesn't make sense. Like, Modern Warfare 2 is the one, you know? You yeah. should be getting the band back together again to relive the Modern Warfare days. Yeah. Like, that's... Like, Call of Duty, what was the <laughs> one that Xbox 360 launched with? Call of Duty 2? Three. Three. Okay. Like that was World War II. That was a big yeah. hit. That was cool. That was yeah. cool to get a 364 and play online. And actually that was, that was neat. Mm-hmm. And I could see them getting back together for that, but you're right. That wasn't the peak of Call of Duty. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of a, a fake message in a way. Yeah. Um, first time they didn't use a soldier in all of us in a long time. Hmm. There's a soldier in all of us. It's you really know? good. Call of Duty is really good this year. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So I, I mean, but for uh, some reason there's black and white Atari games. What? Yeah, there are. There's black and white Atari games? What yeah. are you all talking about? Yeah, there's, headquarters. there's black and white like Pitfall and stuff. The headquarters, it's like a Destiny thing. Robust online communities. Activision there's like 48 honoring people. its own legacy? Yeah, and you have to use your uh, points to wait, buy those. Are, the, <laughs> wait, are they Activision games or Atari games? They're, well, so, they're so Activision, Activision games published that were, games yeah. that were on Atari. Yeah. I like it, Blood. I know it's mm. anachronistic. but It's I, completely weird. Anytime Activision actually like treats itself like it has a legacy, I'm okay with you it. You know what they also put those in with in, uh, one of the... Marvel Ultimate Alliance, they had those. Really? Yeah. That's cute. That's cute. I like it. You know what I mean? I just, you know, Activision actually has a ton of IP. It has a lot of titles that they could be, you know, obviously they don't have a ton Turok. of value. Do they, you know, do, they, do they still have Turok? No, that was a claim. That was a claim. Okay. Was a claim. Disney had Turok. Disney. <laughs> uh, but to bring it back, do, Marvel, do you guys huh? think that an established IP now? No. I think you can right. reach those heights or will it take something brand new? I, I think what, what, he, what Jones touched on is it's that first game and then the sequel. Yeah. That like the, that it was Halo two yeah. dual wielding. You get a sword. Yeah, I don't this think. One. <laughs> Halo two guns. Yeah. I remember it was like everywhere. Yeah. 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 But it wasn't that simple with call of duty though. Like modern warfare. It was modern two. warfare, yeah. you know, but like modern warfare was like really where call of duty hit mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like there was a build up. There were like cameos on the office and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> the new office beginning of season three, Jim Halpert's been transferred. Yeah. He's with Ed Helms and Rashida Jones now. And it's actually, that was a funny bit. That was like well integrated. Uh, they all play Call of Duty, and he's so frustrated. Jim can't play Call of Duty, and they all make fun of him because he can't play Call of Duty in that office. 
Thank you, Blood. What a fun memory. <laughs> totally irrelevant to this conversation, but I appreciated That's that. That's how big Call of Duty was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, even then, like, that was before, like, really skyrocketed yeah. to be, like, outselling all other yeah. forms of media and everything totally. else. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, on PC growing up, I had Medal of Honor and Call of Duty, but Medal of Honor was, like, my prime, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Allied Assault. Oh, Call of Duty? Like, sure, I'll get that too, but Medal yeah. of Honor was the one. Mm hmm. Reboots are good. I, I like Metal of Honor tried tried that reboot, mm-hmm. didn't succeed. But I almost think like yeah. Uh, so sorry. Let's let's all quickly recap the answer to this question, which is I think it's always foolish to say that will never happen. Yeah, never can. We'll never have out. that. You know, we'll never have anyone like him again. Mm-hmm. We'll never see a performer like that again. It's like well, there it is. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, you know what taught me that? Huh? Naruto. Got to pass on. What you learn to the next generation. Uh huh. The next generation always overtakes. Yes. The old generation. Yeah. They always surpass them. Mm hmm. Bonds. All about it. Naruto <laughs> teaches life lessons. <laughs> well, that's correct, right? Naruto is the right answer to this question. Yeah. Yeah. Naruto. Never, yeah. never count, never count us out. The new generation. Yeah. We're gonna make something good. Yeah. Make something that beats Halo Two. But on top of that, Halo Two is special. You know, and and like the question said, it's not strictly sales. It's talking about zeitgeist. And Halo 2 had a thing uh, that I doubt the Halo franchise will recover. I doubt Call of Duty will cover what it had with Modern Furniture 2. But, you know, they'll still find success as they move forward. Cool. Cool question. question. I like that one. Uh, Let's do bets. Let's wrap that up. Let's talk about next week. I ripped mine up. I know. In a moment of frustration. This was Mm. Housemark is when you ripped that up. I (laughs) know. Star Wars Battlefront 2 releases Tuesday, November 14th. At this point next week, how many words will be in the Wikipedia entry for the game's protagonist, Eden Versio? Jones. 900 words. Oh, and I have to make it clear, we did not allow research. We mm. cannot allow somebody to look up how many words are in it right now. Right. Daniel Budworth. Um, I'm going to go 751. Okay. We lose. Michael Huber. <laughs> 864. You Jones. lose just because you're so close, you Jones think? has the high. Oh, I have the high. Uh, 2,114. Okay, wow. so we have the low. I thought you were going to go low. Yeah, low yeah. perfect. You do have the low. I think that's going to be a long entry. No, I'm second-guessing that. Let me lock that uh, in. Depends how long the campaign is. I don't really want to look it up now. Yeah, <laughs> where it is at right now. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. Uh, there is a book, though. There's a book about her, right? Yes. There is. Yeah, there's probably a lot of lore about Eden already. Oh, there's a book. Yeah, that's probably so long already. The yeah. book? Yeah. It's a whole novel. But it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows how long you, I don't know. What kind of Wikipedia entry to get? It's like, here's, well, what can you say about Eden? Anyway, <laughs> last week's bet was about Call of Duty World War II, uh, which released uh, on a Friday last week on November 4th. We started an unranked match. We walked forward with the left analog stick. How long would we survive? Jones, you said 35, you said 35 seconds. Damiani said 17. Brad said 15. I said 31. The actual time, 1 minute 20 seconds. We survived for a long time on that battlefield. Caught on the wall. Caught on a wall. Caught, Caught in a, a nook, dude. Caught Not in a, a nook. We were, snug nook. We found a little corner of a barn for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we hung out. I'm going to go back to that barn and camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going right to that spot. Jones, you had the high bet. You won that one. That brings our scores to Purple Platypie 19. <laughs> Red Eagles 26. Kaka. 
You need to catch up, Purple Platypie, if you want to win before this year ends. Mm-hmm. Yo, how fun is camping, though, in first-person shooters? It's my favorite thing. <laughs> it's Whoa. really fun. You know, it's my, that's why I like Battlefield. I know. That's like, that's you a, love sniping. Look, camper's delight. Yeah. Oh, sniping in Battlefield, dude. Mm-hmm. Setting up on a perch. Yeah. But knowing when to change camping positions is really, like, the meta. Yeah. Like, you snipe, you get three kills, it's two, three kills. Little, time to relocate. Little clock going on. It's yeah. like, okay, they probably know where I am. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Time to go. Oh, and then you snipe them at looking around the spot you were just in. Yes. Oh, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Camping. Underrated. Look, we know you don't like it. We know campers are not respected. We not know you respected. don't like it, but it is so fun. You should try it. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Camping is not optimized you are not doing your fiduciary duty if you are camping (laughs) you're not helping the team you're not helping the team you are getting the cheapest dirtiest kills for yourself for your own gratification at a very slow rate probably too Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you about Patreon.com slash Easy Allies. That is the Is URL. that your fiduciary duty to tell them yeah. about? Oh, yeah. That is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing my fiduciary duty. <laughs> At long duty last, we yeah. get there. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, do you prefer I start the podcast with this stuff? <laughs> no, I just look forward to this moment. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Jones, you do it. You do it. I'm oh, talking. sure. I've overtalked. I thought it was funny. Your goal last week was to not be sick. Yeah. And you were way more sick this week. <laughs> yeah, man. Me yeah. too. I got more oh, sick man. as time went on. Mm-hmm. On behalf of Kyle Bossman and, of course, the rest of the allies, <laughs> you go to patreon.com slash easy allies. That is how we are primarily financially supported here. It's how we do what we do. Uh, and there's all sorts of fun goals. The most accessible goal, I think, in regards to this podcast is your $5 and above goal where you can get the podcast early and submit questions for Love and Respect every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may only get to one of those <laughs> in that week. We, of course, pre- uh, appreciate not only um, all of the, the wonderful conversations that happen, but uh, a lot of times topics are addressed that we don't have time to get to or uh, topics are brought up uh, that we wouldn't have necessarily thought about or conversations that we wouldn't have started ourselves. And so it's always wonderful to not only get to those things, but get to those things on behalf of our wonderful community at patreon.com slash easyallies. I invite you to go check it out, even if you're not interested in financially supporting us, because there's lots of fun posts that we do on top of the stuff that we release. So if you like some videos that we do, it's always fun to get the Patreon post, the Patreon post on top of that. Check Great. it out. Yeah, Jones, you nailed it. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Oh, I'm falling apart right here at the end line, uh, finish line. Hubert, how did you do on your goal this week? What's your goal? Um, Remind me your goal. It was to celebrate October. I don't think we pulled it well, off. Kind of. We talked about uh, Evil Within. We talked about Mario. Didn't Kyle bring up Evil Within? We talked about <laughs> Call of Duty. You World were two. Okay. We talked about some of the games. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was a uh, partially no, no decision there. Yeah. No decision. Hubert, this is a personal question. Yeah. But uh, there was a press conference for the Dodgers this morning. Mm. Oh. And like I, I'm I've been on like, I I the, when the last out was made I yeah. turned the TV off and I haven't looked at anything since. But like, are you still proud of the team? Yeah, it was still a good season, right? Yeah, it was a great season. It was a great season, but for the situation and the circumstances, mm-hmm. and like winning the division five years in a row, yeah, never getting to the series, uh, our longest player Andre Ethier is like, it's his last year. Like it was, it was win it all or bust. For the team, no, they said that. No. They all said that. No, every. I'm not just They're saying that. Be back next. I'm not week. just saying that as a fan. Yeah, every player on the team said, "If we don't win it all, it's a failure." Whoa. So, okay. 
Daniel Bloodworth. Sorry, that was October. If you're wondering why I brought October. that up, that was October. That was October. That was October. We're we not did. celebrating that. It's a bad news podcast. We got to bring it back around. Oh, actually, the final game was in November, so. <laughs> oh, really? Was it? Dodge it. Uh, okay, so October was great. October was great. <laughs> October was a great <laughs> month October for was month of October. Great. Yeah. Daniel Bloodworth, I cannot believe that none of us brought up the word Lego this entire podcast. It didn't happen. Jones, we dropped the ball. We did. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to play into Blood's goal? Yeah. Is the ball? That is the ball, baby. Okay. <laughs> like, think of the disappointment. I'd be, as a listener, I'd be disappointed that nobody said Lego my ego after I said Lego. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I let everybody down. I'll be honest. I was going to set something up with Stranger Things. Because mm-hmm. Elle likes Legos. Egos. No, she likes Egos. We went through this. <laughs> Egos. Egos. Ego waffle. What did I say? You said Legos. Oh, Egos. Both times. Sorry. Egos. 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 Wow. That's a tease for an oh. upcoming episode of Tabletop Escapades. And I, I do want to reprise the airplane goal, but I just we started so late, I'm like, there's not going to be airplanes tonight. What? Yeah. Oh, the plane goal. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the King Kong uh-huh. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But keeps setting us up. Brandon Jones, how'd you do on your goal of, of writing down how many times you said, um... I counted four. I think I missed the first statement that I made, so I might have slipped one or two in there. Four ums in one podcast is very good. That's yeah. really good. That's I'm very proud. good. I'm proud. I notice. I, I listen to people speak. You can tell people who don't say um. You can tell who they are. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be them necessarily. Like newscasters, like prof- CNN mm-hmm. professionals. Yeah, but there are even newscasters who say um, and I I like that too. I like it's it's sort of. It's like, oh, no, it's, you know, it just it, it adds to your flow of conversation in ways that I think if you're not saying, um, you start saying things that are just you're just spitting out words. True. And sometimes you're just saying dumb things. You're repeating things that you already said. You're repeating things in a way that allow you to keep thinking. So when you repeat things, it allows you to never say, um, and it's just like, shut up for a second. <laughs> just take a breath. <laughs> just take a breath. Just, just say, um, it's OK. Just think. I, I kind of I cheated on my goal this week. If you were paying attention, I laced in some Sugar Ray lyrics uh, throughout this entire podcast. Whoa. Yeah. you Sugar Ray fans You're will gonna pick up. You're going to have to listen again. Yeah. You'll pick up on the lyrics that I hit in this podcast. What is that? Uh, cerebral. What is it? Cerebral board? Subliminal messaging. Subliminal messaging. Yeah, late. I'm sorry. Uh, I was doing some Sugar Ray Sub- subliminal messaging. Cerebral board. Out of nowhere. I was surprised. Yes. Cerebral boring the audience. <laughs> Brandon Jones, because you won the bet, you get the race right and responsibility to share your Twitter handle with the world. You get to promote any Easy Allies video you would like to promote. You get the final word on anything you want to reiterate, that you disagree with, or simply just a thought you're having right now. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. You can follow me at Trailer Jones. I would like to promote repping my Coast Buddies, representing the Paris Games Week betting special results show that will be coming out uh because uh you know got it got to fight against the west got to go you know go coast i think we might have to explain that what does that mean go coast (laughs) uh for 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 this uh for following paris games week and what was west tgs for tgs yeah uh we've split up the easy allies into the west division and the coast division uh and now that paris games week came up uh me and my buddies in the coast division daniel bloodworth included 
Michael Huber included. Wait, oh no, you you, you host. hosted. No, sorry. I'm eliminated. It uh, feels Kyle good. Bossman included. Yeah, yeah. yeah like a coast on the table here. Mm-hmm. My coast buddies. A lot of the coast division here. Uh, so yeah, watch watch those results. Uh, a, uh, a roller coaster event that Paris Games Week. Uh, going, you know, going through all of those. One of the things I like about betting specials is like the the stakes. That out of the betting specials comes something interesting that I get to watch after that. What are the stakes of this one? The stakes are a rap song. <laughs> no, those are bad. What do you mean? The the losers. <laughs> Uh-huh. Have to rap. So there's gonna be coming th- up. There's gonna be three easy allies who have to perform raps live. Correct. But they're bad at rapping. They're all bad at rapping. Uh, maybe they're not. You okay. don't. You don't know that. Yeah, sure. Untapped potential. Yeah. yeah. What if you're gonna eat your words? Yeah. And those raps are beyond your wildest expectations. Yeah, it'll at be least worth one watching. of them might be. You never it'll know. Be worth watching at least. Uh, that's a good promotion. What's your final it's word? A good, it's a dual promotion, too. You kind of promoted uh, next week's group next stream. Next week's group stream, you're right. So, very um, much looking forward to that. Twitch.tv slash Uh As someone who personally, in my parents' bedroom, alone in my house, in nine-year-old Brandon Jones in 1988, watching Oral, Hish- Oral Hershiser mm. pitch the last and winning pitch in the 1988 World Series, seeing the Dodgers mm. take the whole thing, mm. I believe... I think I'm not going to tell you right now that the Dodgers are going to take it next season, but I believe let's get back there game one and start start from the ground up. Make dreams happen. Yes. Cheers. I am enjoying these microtransactions. All right, Huber's going to be pushing forward with a left analog stick and nothing else. Okay. We're going to see how long it takes him to die. I'm going to, I'm going to start the timer right when you start moving, dude. I like this map. Huber likes the map. Long load times. Is this normal? Yeah. Okay. Settle in. Settle into the load. Oh, here we go. No. Oh, there it is. Yeah, buddy. Live, buddy. Oh, no. Oh, buddy. Cover, cover, hide, hide. The music's so tense, dude. Oh, somebody's upstairs. Friend or foe? Friend. Okay, okay. You're in a good spot right now. This is good. This is- oh, this is snug. <laughs> Oh, this is snug. Very cozy. In oh, this, this is good, dude. Oh, we got it made. It's a comfortable corner right there. Call of Duty's changed. <laughs> no more spawn kills. We're fine. And your entire team is protecting you right now. If you look on the mini map. Yeah. Your entire team. They're never gonna find behind, us. Behind, if they can come from behind, you. Oh, oh. right above you. Oh. Above, I hope he doesn't kill you. He doesn't see us. Whole <laughs> match, baby. He doesn't see us. <laughs> oh, this oh, is good. Over a minute. We are snug. We're snug. What this is? What's us. the red dot? Is that a guy? That's a, that's, yeah. yeah okay. a, it looks like above us, shooting out of a window. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't see us. Oh, oh, down! Stop. Watch that kill cam. Why does this guy <laughs> Got us. What's it? It's the end of Blair Witch Project, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> staring into a wall. All right. Oh. One minute, 20 seconds.